Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, we move beyond the primary talent to the secondary talent to the people whose talent is to develop the talents in others. Many people I've met over the years complain that they have the natural talent but no sponsor, no producer, no manager, and no coach. Tonight, I've brought the people I call the way makers, those who make a way for others to shine and showcase their talents. So, what am I looking for? How do we find out or how do we get noticed in the crowd? How are you able to spot a talent out of the several people that you interface with? Are there conflicts that arise between the person you are trying to groom and then the manager or the producer or the publisher trying to hone the talent? Is there conflict? Are there bad experiences when you try to invest in an, in somebody with a talent? It's a discussion that you want to be part of. I have the privilege of hosting my big brother, Elliot Ajari, of course, as well as Joyce Ajari. They run SmartLine. And SmartLine is a leader in publishing, and they will tell us about the publishing angle of our discussion. I also have the man that Adam referred to 14 times in his edition one of this this show, this talent development series. Adam mentioned his name 14 times. I said, who is this man they call the hammer? I have to meet this man. And so tonight I get to have the hammer himself in the studio. The musicians swear by his name. Let's find out what exactly is it that he does and why do they love him so much? We are talking about the way makers who groom the talents. Elliot Hammer enjoys. Welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So, <clears throat> let me start with exactly what you do. Let, let's try and contextualize what you do. Let me start with you, Hammer. I mean, I mean, Adam really loves you. He, he mentioned your name so many times. We are like, who is this Hammer? What exactly do you do with musicians for the benefit of those who don't know Hammer? Well, I, I used to run a family. Uh, I, I love music myself. There was no way I was going on that stage myself. And I had, I, I, I think my thinking process is a particular way that is favorable for art. And uh, after Presec, I I went deep into the music and identifying Obrafo. What what I do is I identify the artist and groom them and bring them out. So the the high for me or the uh, what what makes it fun for me is the process of the journey to the top. Right. When you get to the spotlight, I lose interest. I'm going to come to how you are able to tell that somebody will be good, but let me let me get a roll call of a, a few of the names that have passed through the hammers. In the studio. beginning, Obrafo, Obrafo actually showed me a studio. I didn't know what a studio looked like. Right. I actually was drumming on tables and he was rapping. You know, that's how we used to do it. And he said, look, we can go to a studio, we can book it. We can. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, and he took me to a studio and he said I can do it and I did it. So, so, so what, was, what do you do and what did he do? I produced it. Right. I, I, I came up with the instrumentals. I guided him through the songs and we came up with the first album, Paimoka. So, so you did a brafo? Yes, and then I moved on to... I was bored. I got bored quickly. So after the chi, I was like, everybody's doing chi. Then I challenged myself with a ga, which is tiny. 
Then from there, I tried the Fanti, which was Kwakasi. Then I tried the Volta region, which was Edom. I just, I, I didn't like the fact that hip life was just cheap, cheap, cheap. So I always like to challenge myself. Then I, I mean, obviously, uh, Sack, I was a big fan of Sack when he was on radio doing freestyles on Adom, Duncan, um, Duncan's show. So I, I, that's where I heard him first, and I summoned him. That's when. I, I like the word summoned. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of like to, cha- uh, to be challenged. Right. I, I don't like to do the same thing all over again, uh, over and over again. So with Adam, it was a very great experience because uh, I, I didn't understand the language, unlike the rest. And we had to communicate in English. So he translates what he said. And I'm like, nah, do you really have to say that? That is irrelevant. Say this. Right. Then he will retranslate again to, wow. for me to hear. It was very hard. It took us two years to come up with the album. Yeah. And, and it was a beautiful um, um, uh, event. It was it's called the Volta Regime. Right. It was a great album. Do, do, do you have any plans to convert me to a musician? <laughs> uh, I, I could. I could. I think Nane Kufado, I, 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 I said it to my Facebook, he will be a good rapper. Wow. Yeah. I the way he delivers his diction and his delivery, I could turn him into a rapper. So would you would you like to try <laughs> a project, a president presidential rap? Yeah, I'll be mean, like I just like the way I listen to him a lot and the way he, he constructs his grammar, it's 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 almost like a poet. You know, and it's different. And these are the things these are the traits of a um, um, a rapper. Wow. Because it's it's rhythmic African poetry. It is it is poetry with the bounce. It's it's poems with the bounce. You know? So if you can you you are good with, in poems and you can bounce it or you can go with the rhythm, you're a rapper. You know what? Can somebody get me the breaking news breaking news <laughs> section because this is breaking news right here on Springboard. Hammer to convert Nanak Vado into a rap presidential, when, when, presidential rap. Yeah, he's 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 great. His 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 delivery is beautiful. We'll communicate your message to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elias, we are looking at him with amazement. I'm sure that's, that, that, that the respect is mutual. Let's talk about publishing. Yeah. So you, what do you do with with yeah. people who write books? We say they say you are a publisher. So somebody comes out to the book and says, "My publishers are smart line." What does it involve, and what do you do? All right. Uh, thank you, Albert. Uh, I mean, Hama, all respects. I mean, this is fascinating. I mean, to sit here next to you is, thank uh, you. is really an honor and uh, really grateful to be invited to be on the show. I mean, what really do publishers do? Publishers are really, um, in simple terms, mentors for writers. And uh, what we do is to coordinate, to manage, and to mentor uh, especially the, the creative writing. We mentor the writers through the process. The normal um, scheme of things is um, a writer sending you a manuscript. You look at the manuscript, you decide whether it's worth publishing, and then the process starts. And when it starts, you have to look at the raw manuscript that has been presented to you. Um, how is how is it being re- presented? How is it going to be formatted? What editorial process needs to be taken through? And finally, what shape or form do you actually present the book to the final consumer? That is what publishers do. And then after that, publishers are 
actually supposed to help with distribution and selling the book and, and all that. That is what we're we'll coming to the economics of it. But Joyce, which part of the publishing process fascinates you the most? The uh, whole experience is it is it discovering a new author? Is it watching them blossom? Is it the marketing aspect? Which aspect fascinates you the most? I think probably the marketing part. Right. The reason being that you can publish a great work, but without having, uh, you know, um, strong marketing procedures in place at your publishing house, it gets difficult to get it to the right consumer. Right. And in a country like ours where, you know, reading is an issue, uh, it's crucial that publishing firms have... Uh, you know, uh, strong marketing departments. Right. So let me ask you a question. Um, so f- if you if you had a great person, let's say a very famous person, but with a bad manuscript, or somebody with a good manuscript but not known by anyone, which one is more likely to be successful from the marketing perspective? Well, I'll probably have Elliot speak to that, but nothing beats a good manuscript. What if nobody knows the author? Well, it doesn't matter. You can always, just like Hamad does, you can always make uh, somebody who is not known at all into um, a famous author. Right. Um, nobody knew J.K. Rowling. Nobody knew her. But it was a publishing house that took uh, Harry, Harry Potter and made it into what it is today. Right. Yeah, she was sitting in cafes, uh, you know, writing bits and bobs. She was unemployed at the time. Um, but once she was discovered, her, her, her world just changed overnight, pretty much. Elliot, how do you discover? I mean, let's, let's talk about discovery. How can you tell that somebody will do well? It, I mean, as Joyce said, it, it's all to do with the manuscript. I mean, um, and different published, publishing houses have different ways of assessing manuscripts. I mean, I can only speak for... For SmartLine at the moment, I mean our manuscript acquisition process can be quite rigorous. Uh, in that, um, we get quite a lot of manuscripts coming in unsolicited, and I mean we take just a fraction of them. And, but there are some manuscripts that come in that gets us excited. I mean recently we just launched a series that we find probably the most exciting series that we have done. It's called the Disiwa series, where, I mean, uh, I was just minding my own business in my office one day when my daughter just walked, who is our editor, just walked into our office. I mean, uh, just excited about the manuscript that I found something that I think we should... Um, the author was virtually unknown. I mean, her first... Uh, Fiction? Yeah, for work of fiction, children's fiction. Right. But it was so exciting that, I mean, we're ready to stop everything and just focus on, on that. And, and, and we did focus on that for many, many months, and, and we're still rolling it out. We just uh, published this thing. So it's, 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 I mean, just like somebody said, it's, it's the manuscript. I mean, the strength of the manuscript. There are various things that we look out for. I mean, how creative is it? Is, is the manuscript? Is, right. it, is it exciting? Is it creative? Is it... Um, does it have integrity? Uh, right. Does it uh, conform to the genre, for instance? Because every genre has its own basic principles that undergird it. Right. So if you find uh, an adult uh, or a youthful fiction book, it must follow a certain pattern. Right. So once you see that and it's creative, the language is reasonably good, you, 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 you don't expect 
a manuscript that is submitted to have all, even in the advanced countries, you have all the T's uh, crossed and the I's dotted. You don't expect that. That is the work that will be, can be actually taken care of within the publishing process. Right. But it should have some basic ingredients. And I'll, come back, I'll come back to the process, but how are you talking about process earlier on? You see, what fascinates you is the journey to the topic. You get to the topic and you get bored. But I'm curious about the discovery. Okay. What about a musician makes you say, this one will work? I'm sure many people want, to, want you to work, for, work, do their work. How are you able to tell which one will be a good one? Fortunately for me, I, I, I get to choose who I want to work with. I don't do yeah, commercial. Yeah. You don't walk into my studio and say, I have a song. I don't do that. I, I, I love... You have to be a fan of the artist. You have to be able to identify the diamond in the rough and see the potential. Because um, most artists that I pinpoint in those early times, people are like, Ahama, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, he can get there. And you see, so I become a fan and you, 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 can't, you can't push somebody without becoming a fan. You have to love what he does so much and nurture it. So my job is not to, to change the art the person is, is, um, is, is delivering. My job is to identify the, the strongholds and identify the weaknesses and eliminate them. So I, I'm able to identify the parts that are quite irrelevant to what I like about him. And I push him on the stronghold. You know, I push him. I'm like, these are the things that you should... Your, your voice is beautiful. This is the tone of voice you should use to rap. This is the timing you are, you are, you are delaying. So your, 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 the your, pace is slow? Yes, it's slower than the beat. You need to move like this. So all I do is I, I just shape them. I find you. Are there, are there battles? I'm, I'm curious about Yeah, them. there are battles. Tell me about the battles. Do you, do you fight? Do you argue? Do they sometimes walk out and bang the door and say, listen, take your studio? I mean, that's, no, no, that's no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> I have a, a reputation for no nonsense. <laughs> the artists, most of the artists who come to me, I have to break the ice myself because they are intimidated by where they are. You know, I think, I don't know wh- why it happens like that, but I think I, I, I've had a reputation for being straightforward and blunt. And when they come to me, they, they, they try as much as possible to be cool. They don't show their... So I break the ice. I ask them... I try to get them to loosen up. Because if, if you don't loosen up, it will affect your art. Right. You know? So they are quite intimidated. They, they go on the microphone and they, you can hear the, the voice shaking. Like, will he like it? Uh, you know, they, they are uncertain. You know, when they are around me. So I try to break that ice. Ask them to loosen up. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't run... My my place like a white collar. I'm the boss. You are the, no. I'm I'm with them. I eat with them. What, what what we used to do is I used to have about fifty boys in the studio at a time. Wow. You're not inside outside the studio. Right. Everybody with your book wrapping, waiting for me to come out for a break. Then I can hear them. The one who is almost there is going into the studio. So the question is, out of the fifty, yeah. What are you looking for? Is it tone of voice? Is it confidence? No, um, is it confidence. Confidence is one of the major keys. Ah. Yeah, because rap is... 
was built on 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 battle. I have more girls than you. I have more money than you. I look better than you. So you know, it's always a comparative. Yes, it right. it's, it's, it it was built on you know uh, exchange of words, insults in a positive way, you know, but like um, in a comedy way, you know, like Sakodia does. He 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 mocks you with, 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 with without any malice, you know. So it's 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 built like that. But as as a rapper, you can't go below the belt. When you go below the belt, it's different. Who defines the values, the ethics, the boundaries that you, you can't cross? Who defines them? I, I think you are I, the artist. No. If you're with me, I will define it, obviously. If you're with me, you can do some things. But the good thing about artists who have a residential, um, like a resident label, is that these things you're talking about work. When they're on their own, they're loose cannons. You know, but when they are, when they belong to an entity like this, they they move with the you know because you you come to my my studio you find Kwakasi kneeling down, you know, with his hands up because he fought with somebody. You, you know, mean, you the, mean sanctions? Yeah, I mean you can't. You will be you will be sanctioned. <laughs> you will be sanctioned. You see, so when people get to the studio, they're like, "Hey, Charlie, he like, you know, they, they are, they're afraid." So I have to. My job is actually to try and loosen them up. Are you a headmaster? <laughs> I, I. But I have a fun side. I have a, a crazy fun side. The boys love me for being. But but I think that it's very good that I'm always blunt because they trust my uh, opinion. You do girls. Uh, the girls can handle. My, my, Style. my, my place. You know the girls. The girls. The boys are foot so I call them foot soldiers. You know they grind. You know how we eat. We buy the kinky from the woman. We don't buy one plate. We buy the whole kinky. She brings it and she leaves it there. So each one of the boys can just go take one kinky, take fish, take and go and sit somewhere and eat. You know. So we grind, and girls can't come and do that. This is beaming live on Facebook. And if you want to see Hammer's look and his hairstyle as he talks about the military boot camp, if you want to join us on Facebook, check out my Facebook page and you will see it there. But Georgina Buafu says the president, seriously? Hey, you are something else. Nana Daz Gansa writing from Kentucky says hip hop is poetry with a bounce. Hammer, word. Michael um, Michael Osamua writing from Tamale says the greatest beat, beat maker ever. Hammer, my respect. Reverend Albert, you do all. Uh, this you do all. I've met it twice this week. I think I should note that phrase. Right. Frank Kweku says, listening to the program live, both on Facebook and tuning and learning many ideas and experiences from the guests. Gamel Sankal says, game on. Rap is rhythmic African poetry. I have a reputation for no nonsense. Hammer speaking. Right. I think your your no nonsense approach is getting is getting. Okay, so you want to ask? Uh, you want to ask? Yeah, I. Somebody like me who is not an author or yeah. a writer, yeah. and I want to do a bio. Yeah. How do I go about it? Okay. Oh, right. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, normally, I mean, there, there are cases where individuals of stature in society write their bios with other people 
who can help them through the process. Like ghostwriting? Yes, like ghostwriting. Sometimes it's not even ghost. It's, it's a recognizable right. writer. You write with somebody. So, yes, in partnership with somebody. And I know a, a couple of guys, maybe after the show, I won't mention their names yet. I'll be making promos for them. So after the show, you can, <laughs> we can talk about uh, how you can get somebody who can help you. Because yeah, your experiences are... Put things down. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that th- these experiences that you, 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 you actually mentioned here are worth writing about, if anything, to keep as uh, something that uh, the future generations can actually benefit from. The you, you have a deal? I will talk after this. <laughs> we'll okay, talk after so this, in yeah. two years' time, three years' time, if you see yeah. how much biography, you know that it all started right here on Springboard, yes. the virtual university. Yeah. So far, we've broken ice about the presidential rap, uh, <laughs> and it's trending on Facebook. We also are talking about how much bio coming up soon, um, facilitated by Elliot and Joyce. Ajari. Things are happening right here on the virtual university. But let's talk about, let's talk about the developmental process in okay. terms of time and cost. Okay. Um, let me come to you, Elliot. From the manuscript to the release, how long does it take normally? I mean, that's that's very difficult. I mean, I think I, I think that is 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 is, is very difficult to ascertain right from the manuscript acquisition stage when a manuscript will be ready. I mean, publishers are, uh, I must say, uh, quite notorious for shifting publication date, even though. I mean, you can't decide that this manuscript should come out at this time. But the process, I mean, like all creative processes, is sometimes not cut in, in stone. You, I mean, it depends on how long the editor, for instance, works with the, the, the author, for instance. I mean, how the, the, um, the editorial process really goes because it's a backwards and forwards uh, process. Right. Uh, um, normally, I mean, and it also depends on what genre of writing it is. I mean, there are some, if it's a textbook, it can be based on a specific time because it has to be delivered. If it's a work of fiction, it depends on the work that has to be done on it. If an editor, for instance, assesses that characterization, for instance, needs to be developed a little bit more, or there's a, an issue with dialogue, there's an issue with the, the whole style of the book, there's an issue with... Um, actual facts that have not been uh, researched properly, then it means that you have to go back and research. If it has to do with language, normally language it shouldn't take too long, but in these parts, sometimes when you talk about uh, editorial process, I mean it's misconstrued as proofreading, and I said proofreading is the least issue when it comes to editing, because that can be done by any serious English scholar. But there's substantive uh, editing, which means that you're looking at substance in the book. Is, is the character, the plot, is the character being developed properly? Are there characters who just come in and go out of a story? Who actually need to be anchored within the, the, the scheme of things in the book? So that process very, very difficult to actually fix time for because right. it's like it's like a painting or the work of music. I mean, where, at what point do you say it's finished? And I agree. He said that. yes. I agree with that. It's very difficult to close, like the closure. You 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 can't help but find a fault. Are you, you, know, you are you a perfectionist? Yes, I am. I am. I, I the boys always complain. How my yeah, my name Pierre. I I want to fine tune till I can't do anymore. Right. You know. So if you're listening tonight and you want to, you are you are you are 
you've, you've assumed that editing is like getting your old English teacher to come and read through the script. Elliot is saying, please, it takes more than just reading English. And, and, and Joyce, you want to add to that, that point? Yes, I, ju- I just wanted to say that it also depends on um, the state of the manuscript right. at the time it is given to the publisher. I mean, Elliot is, is the publisher at Smartline. That means that he his team takes care of you know the quality of the manuscript and then they turn it into something more palatable. Uh, if it comes and is good enough, then it doesn't take so long. But I've seen books take years to do. And mostly when people write, they think that it's, it's, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it, it's got to go. I put all my ideas together and right. it's fantastic and it's ready for the reader. But it's never, it's never that. Right. So when a publisher sees it, then uh, they begin to break it down and, and find that it needs quite a bit of work to be done. Well, At that point, sometimes you get upset because it, they think it's, it's all ready to go. But, you talk about the impatience and the conflict that arises as a yes. result of the perception of a work being ready when it's not ready. So the economics of it, a person comes with, with a book, a manuscript, and the perfectionist in you says, this one, a lot of work has to go into it. When you finish putting in years of work at the, on the editing bench, putting the script together, taking it apart, structuring it, making the contacts, etc., 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 all that process that you describe, is it still economically viable? Hmm. Uh, I mean, let me, let me start by saying that, you see, publishing, I mean, like many of these um, creative endeavors, is part vocation and part enterprise. I mean, you have to, uh, I'm sure Hama will agree, you have to be called into this uh, kind of vocation to, to, to really enjoy it. There, there, there's something about it which is quite addictive, uh, I must say. If you are a publisher, you're a publisher. You're not just an ordinary uh, business person out for a quick buck, you know, because publishing by its own nature will not get you to earn a lot of money very, very quickly. Unless, of course, you there's, there's something. So, But, but, but the, the perception by authors, yeah. the publishers are Shylocks who... You, you've heard them say it, that the publishers oh, make all the money and they don't make any yeah, money at I'm all. I'm fully aware of that. But the, 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 it's not the full story. It's not the full story because sometimes that... It's a very misinformed stand because so much also goes into the view. I, I, I have uh, uh, a table that I normally go through with authors when they come, and especially when you're negotiating royalties and how much they, they're going to earn and all that. And it has to do with the profile of, of a publishing work. How much goes into maybe the manuscript uh, development how much goes into marketing, how much goes into production. And after you go through it, you realize that the kind of markup that the publisher is supposed to make is very, very small. Sometimes the distributors actually make more money than the, the author and the publisher together. I'm sure you understand what I'm, where, where I'm coming from. How, before I come back to Hama, yeah. how, how do we solve this mistrust? How do we solve this problem? How do we get publishing to become economically viable? Do we have that? I was going to come to the economic right. viability of publishing. How it do comes, you make it more viable? It comes out of a result of distributing or uh, publishing a number of books. It does not, I mean, one work will not make you a multimillionaire. But if you combine 
the processes of a number of books, if you combine the distribution of a number of books, then you start making some income. Multiply effect? Yes, the multiply effect of maybe having, let's say, about 50, 100 books within your publishing firm because the marketing cost is distributed among each of the, the various books rather than focusing on just marketing just one book. And that's why uh, most self-published uh, works sometimes hit roadblocks along the way because uh, the author will say, the publisher is going to take all the money. Let me do it myself. And they do it themselves. And sometimes when it gets to a certain point, you realize that I probably was better off giving it to a publisher who would have marketed alongside with other books. So, yes, publishers don't make a whole lot on each published work, but they make money out of publishing a number of books because of the way the industry uh, is, is organized. My guests, Hammer, Elliot, and Joyce Ajari, you're talking about unearthing talents and grooming them to become big. We're talking about the the discovery process, the grooming process, the boot camp, the suspicion between writers and editors. We are trying to find out what, what it takes to make that person who walked into the studio or who brought the manuscript somebody big and, and all that goes into it. But let me ask you, Hammer, what about ability to pay? If, if there's somebody who has no money, what happens? Well... I, I'm, I'm a magnet for such people. I've been a magnet for such people all my life. Uh, most people who flock my studio don't have money because they realize that I have a, a thing for unearthing talents, not recording superstars. And I unearth them and I make them superstars. So I am a magnet for people who, who don't have any money. And uh, what I do is that I try and reconcile the investor with the with the with the talent. So uh, let's my first project, which was Obrafo's Paimuka, um, I connected Obrafo to Abraham Ohinijan for the promotion and and distribution. So I, in the middle, created the music with the artist, found somebody who is an expert in. Uh, publishing and marketing the music and connected us together you know so I, I I like doing the whole package like Adam I went to Abraham again with Adam Abraham said he's not going to do uh, the Ewe song Ewe album because it's, it's risky because you know it's a very unpopular language uh, musically and he's not about to risk all the money in so Adam was the person who said Hammer let's do it ourselves you see I don't like to do everything myself I like to bring investors in get the artists bring everybody together you know like I did with Kwakese with Fennec right. uh, my new artist that I just finished grooming T-Flow I, I hooked him up with Spider Lee Entertainment they just signed him recently so my, my place is kind of like a, a passage, you know. That's where everything happens. And from there you go selling. So um, when it comes to economics, I like, I, 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 don't, I don't like people who come there with money anyway. Because when you come and pay me, I'm obliged to do whatever you have asked me to do. Even if you are bad at what you do, 
I have to do it. I've come ac- I've, 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 I've been involved in problems with artists who said they paid me so I should do it. I'm like, look, I don't like it. Change it. My reputation is at stake too because I'm not only known for the music, the beats, or whatever they call it, I'm also known for Hamas lineup. You know, so when I go anywhere and, and they say, where, where are Hamaba? People are like, oh, let me hear him. He must be good. Because they know that I make sure the boys are good. So if you come to me and you want to pay, you have paid so, whatever you're doing, any gibberish you're coming up with, I have to accept. I don't like it. So I prefer the one without money groom you and find you the money you know when i find you the money then you go up there you know i've done i've done that and it has worked with a lot of people you know the only person i really went all the way with was adam because nobody one was 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 willing to bring their money we went to agicote he said no so adam himself you see adam is a very strong artist he was pushing me he, he knows i don't like to do the thing myself and he's like how are you going to do Let's just shoot a video and you, you can do it. I'm right. like, Charlie Adam, this is not me. I want to push you away and start a new artist. You know, he's like, no, let's do it. And he forced you to stay. And he forced me to stay. So so I have Sir Francis Drake on Facebook saying, if you are not watching, you are missing big time. Bless you, combat. Right. Bless you too, Francis. Frank, our change, says, Paimuka, one of the greatest hip life songs ever. Great instrumentals and good rap by Obrafo. Albert, can you please ask Hammer if it was Obrafo who identified him as a producer? I think you mentioned the fact that he went to the studio with you for the first time. You mentioned There's a guy called C. He actually said to me that he has a guy in his area, Taifa. His name is Obrafo. These beats I'm playing on tables and making bass lines with my mouth. That guy can rap to it. And he brought, he brought him and we were just doing it for fun. Now, brother, like, yo, you can really do this. So when, when are we recording? I'm like, what recording? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, I, I was about to leave to the States. You know, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. You're so, going to relocate? Yes. And not come back? Not, 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 not come back. But... I was yes, I was, I was about to leave, and he was like, "No, you can do this. Look, your ideas are crazy. Let's do this." So he took me to a studio and told them that he's a producer with the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> and I'm like, "What have you brought me into?" Okay, with, with, with the benefit of hindsight, do you regret? No, I don't. Wow. I I I met Zap Mallet there. He was he was recording Reggie Rockstones uh, Maka Maka. Right. Right. And I was like, what is this? Where have you brought me? I'm in trouble. You know what I'm saying? I don't know any knob. And he told him that, look, Wait, which this guy which is the this? best. 95, 96. I started Abrafo's Ab- album in 98 when I had just turned 22. And I released in 99. You right. know? So... I, I was I was crazy. I mean, like he he was he was like this is the guy. Twenty one years later, no one doubts that you're the man. Let me come to you, Joyce, about the person without money who's holding a manuscript. How how do you how do you work it out? Okay, I, I'm going to have to correct that because you actually don't need money to uh, publish a book. Right. When you go to a true publisher, they take care of the entire process and they give you the finished work. Right. You will sign an agreement with them, and uh, you know you will enjoy royalties from the proceeds of of the sale 
but so, publishers, I must say, can also render different kinds of services, like publishing services, for instance. And in that instance, an individual will come with a, a piece of work that's pretty much complete. It might need a little bit of proofreading here and there and so on and so forth. They will set that up into the form of a book and then have it, uh, you know, uh, printed for you. That that would be publishing services. Right. Uh, in that case, there could be some discussion about you uh, financing that project. Otherwise, typically, publishers are looking for a great piece of writing, which they will turn into uh, something fantastic for people to read. And you don't need to come up with the money that, uh, you know, goes into uh, production. Right. I don't know whether Elliot has... Um, yeah, I mean, something that I forgot uh, to say about, I mean, we're talking about process and, 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 and the fact that, like good wine, developing a manuscript takes time. Right. So the, the advice that I will give is for uh, budding authors and writers to not jump the gun with the first draft, send the first draft or second draft to a publisher. The manuscript has to be really, really developed before you actually send it to a publisher. And then you have a, a, a better chance of it being accepted to be published. When you, when you say no to somebody, what's next? Hmm. It's, or, it's, or it's no, very, no, it's, no means no. It's, it's, it's very difficult to say no because when, when you say no to somebody, sometimes you're dashing the person's, uh, all the person's hopes and aspirations that they had for a certain work. In, in, in my... In our publishing firm, we have a standard letter, which is no, but reads nice. So is that is a no all right? But you say it with a, a bit of yes, di- because uh, because I mean y- you you have to admit that people are emotionally, are emotionally attached right. to their work, and right. and when you say no, uh, no, it cannot be published. Sometimes it's 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 really dashing. And and when you say no, it doesn't mean that forever the work cannot be published but right. what it means is that it's not at the stage where it can be accepted to be published right because i have, a, I, have a, I have a a long list of people who were bounced the first time by by publishers who somehow yes. later came back and published the same way yes. including frank peretti who's yes, yes who's regarded as the the, the 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 master of christian fiction but yes. let me come to you as we wind down this discussion hammer how do you see the future at this stage that you are at, how do you see the future of the music? Our music? Yes, how do you see the future of music? For somebody listening out there, how In do you... In Ghana? Yes. I think it's looking great. I think there's a perception out there that the young boys are not playing good music. The quality is poor. What I say to that is the older people are failing to realize that time has left them behind. Things are faster now. Things are easier. Uh, in my time, you had to, ha- like you, you, you had to know Bolaray to get your music heard. A top radio. If you didn't know Bolaray, your music is not going anywhere. Now you can just go on your Facebook, and people will hear your music. Things are moving faster. You needed uh, a state-of-the-art studio to make music. Now you can make music with the Mac. The MacBook Pro, you know, so, so it's it's basically they have to understand that time has uh, uh, has 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 moved on. They have to adjust. When I was 
when I, uh, in the 90s, when I was in school, my big brother said the music we are listening to was nice. He was he he, he came up in the 80s, and now we are in the 21st century, and people are still complaining. So I think that what people need to understand is that your teen times, your your teen era, is your heyday. So if your teen is over, your your teens are over, and you've moved on, and people have their teens now, and they're playing their kind of music, don't uh, condemn it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it because it's their time, and they will be reminiscing about these times when it's it's time for them to move on. Let me come to you, Elliot. So, for you, the publishing industry, I, I, I told, I, when I had Boachua and Elizabeth Mary Beatty come into the studio, I told them I was dreaming about the day when I would walk into an accomplished Ghanaian's home and walk into their library and I would see books written by Ghanaians filling the entire library, quality books. Is it a pipe dream? Is it possible? Yes, it is. It is. I, I think that, I mean, the... I mean, we, we. I mean, I, I, I double as the president of the Publishers Association. Absolutely. And I, I, yeah. I, I have to say that I mean, the future could not be brighter for us because a lot more is happening than can be seen on the surface. Okay, um, more with writing. I think that there are many, many people who can write and who are not writing. So. We want to encourage people to write. We don't have enough of narratives coming from these parts. And if we get quality narratives coming from this part, it will have a major impact on what we also publish. Secondly, there are people who also are writing but need a little bit more work on, 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 on this thing. Writing is hard work. And people should not see writing as a default vocation. If I don't get anything to do, then I end up writing. No, it it cannot be. I mean, it's it's even harder than... And and the passion that you need to to, to write is is, is much, much more than the kind of passion that you attach to an eight to five work. So if you want to be a writer, then you, you have to understand that there's a lot of hard work that needs to come into the writing to achieve the international uh, uh, status that we are all looking for. Before you go, yeah, travel to any country and yeah. you will find several books written by and about the president, the vice president, the, the, the chancellor of a university, the governor of a bank of Ghana or the bank of that country. Every accomplished person has written something about their experience while they were at it. It's very rare in our part of the country. Presidents come and I, go and no biographies. I, 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 let me, let me, I won't just, I, just yeah. give me half a minute. What do you think? And what can, I what think can it's we do? changing. This year we published uh, uh, VCIRC Crab. Right. We also published Samukujato. And Fantastic we have, we, book, I've seen it. Yes, yes. We, 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 so, I mean, all of a sudden, there's this whole... I know a number of people who have actually come to us and seen uh, Sam's book and seen VCIEC crap, saying that they want to publish their memoirs, their biographies. So there's, there's something, there's a wind blowing. People are beginning to realize that it's important for us to, to, to do that. I make you a promise. We'll do a full show on the use of language, the reading culture, and okay. how to transform the reading the reading culture, okay. not, 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 back, not back to the good old days, but yeah. take it to the new level altogether. Do we have a deal? That will be our day because that's where the passion Joyce, is. we have a deal? We would love that. We'll do a show on yeah. that. A full show sponsored by the Ghana Publishers Association of Ghana. <laughs> Bahama, take us home. Take us home. We've had a fantastic time talking about, um, talking about 
first about the president and his music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but that, that bit. Before you sign off, will, will, will you pursue that project? It would be nice to get somebody very unconventional to do a song. It will increase the appreciation of music exactly. in this country. Will you take up take it up as a project? I, I will. I will attempt to. I will no. attempt to. If with a look in your eyes, if you pursue it, you you, you will get it done. I, I, I sure will attempt. Commit, commit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. but, but, I, but, but I wanted to say that uh, in my time, music, like he said, was an alternative. Yeah. If you, you failed in school, you're going to make music. If you, it, it, like things didn't go on, yeah. like you wanted it to go, you're going to make music. That's like he was saying about writing. But now it has changed. Yeah. The graduates are actually making music. Manifest, EL, all these Adam and the rest, they're all graduates who finished tertiary and went into music. So now they're making good choices. Their business acumen is, is, is on the right part. You know, are they, are they easier to work with? Yes, because they, they, they actually understand how it works. They understand marketing. They understand the process. If, you're, if, if, if you're, you're, you're dealing with an ignorant person, he doesn't even understand that you have to use your money to market it. You know, I say me turn your navy from Sikamami. But now the the people, all the musicians are almost educated. The one who, the first one to be, uh, the first graduate to enter our music was Obo. I mean, the hip life, hip hop. Yes. Then from there it was a chain reaction. You know, so people actually finished school and came into the music, and I think that it it's is it's gradually purifying the 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 collective. You know. And it's looking good for the future. The future is looking good, and those are the closing thoughts from Hammer. I have a, a closing thought from our listeners, our, our viewers on Facebook. Frank Entry is back. He says, thanks, Elliot and Joyce. You've given me an insight into publishing, and Hammer, great work done in the music industry. Albert, keep on the good work, and this virtual university is very educative and has changed and continues to change my life. God bless you all. And on that note, I would like to say a big thank you to my guests, Hammer, and Elliot and Joyce Ajari, who owe me a show on language and its use. Hama, we'll do this project, this presidential project. It shall come to pass. Amen. It better. (laughs) (laughs) So we come your way again. My name is Albert Okra. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed.